This morning, our scripture comes to us from the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. I'll be reading from the second chapter and the first five verses. The word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come let us walk in the light of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, this morning may the words of my mouth, indeed may the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. As I've said several times already this service, today is the first Sunday of Advent. The, the meaning of Advent is to come, coming, and we wait for the coming of Jesus. Certainly the birth of Jesus at Christmas, um, the rebirth of Christ in our own hearts, and the ultimate return of Christ to set all things right. Um, this is also the beginning of a new sermon series, The Real Not Fake Good News of Christmas. Just could not resist that title. Um, given our news today. Because fake news, right? The, the use of traditional forms of news media, including social media, to intentionally spread misinformation or propaganda. Fake news is in the news today, for sure. And the instancy of social media, it makes the control of fake news even harder. Fact-checking has become big business now. Now, fake news has been around, honestly, as long as humanity has been here. But it's these, the season when the Internet makes everything so immediate and it can be spread so quickly, it just reaches more people faster. So what does that have to do with Advent? <laughs> what does that have to do with preparing for Christmas? Well, you know as well as I do that during this season, there are lots of competing voices um, for us to, to pay attention to that all compete for our attention. And as Christ followers, it is up to us to, to begin to learn to pick out and to listen carefully for the real good news of what God is doing during this season. By now, if you're like me, you have received lots and lots of priming for our culture, from our culture for this really big event that's going to happen toward the end of the month. The catalogs have arrived, showing pictures of happy families in matching pajamas, enjoying a time of quiet moment. Commercials splash across our television sets, promising love and contentment in the form of that new gadget. 
stores, uh, their displays evoke nostalgia for childhood wonder. And we are invited by our culture to lean forward into this coming big event when fantasies will be fulfilled and dreams may yet come true. One uh, gadget that particularly intrigues me are virtual reality glasses. So with them, I understand you, you can become completely immersed in a video game. It, it, you see it in 3D, it, in, you interact with it. With virtual reality glasses, um, surgeons can be trained to, to do operations on a virtual person. Um, it is that real. And, and with those glasses, pilots can, can practice their craft in all kinds of situations so that they heighten their ability to react. It's like reality, but not. <laughs> Isaiah knew nothing about virtual reality glasses, <laughs> but he did know how to paint a picture with words that brings us closer to God's reality. Isaiah holds up a vision of what is true, and he takes us up to a mountain, and he shows us what it is that our hearts are actually tuned for. First, Isaiah shows us that God's presence by God's own initiative will become ever more evident and compelling, that the Lord's house will be established as the highest of mountains and that nations will stream to it. People everywhere will be drawn to God from all nations, all cultures, all races, and they will come out of a shared desire for divine instruction. It says, in the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of mountains, that many peoples shall come and say, come, let us go to the house of the Lord, that he may teach us his ways, that we may walk in his paths. The images that we get from Hallmark movies, from Christmas cards, from advertisers, they, they touch us precisely because that there is this deeper part of us that longs for something that is beyond ourselves, a love that really does reach out and draw us in, a love that makes promises about the future that we can believe, a time when, when love and hope and joy and peace are fully realized in our lives. Isaiah's message declares that one day we can quit trying to get by on scraps and remembrances of spiritual experiences, that God's presence will be made manifest, that God's house will be established, and that we shall all stream to it. And we will press toward it together to be taught and then to be changed. The word of the Lord shall go forth, we're told, and from that word will come justice. God will judge between the nations, and he will settle disputes. The word of the Lord will make an actual difference in the way that the world works. Inequities will be balanced. Shackles will be loosed, and wrongs will be set right. Out of this justice will come transformation. 
weapons of violence will be turned into instruments for nourishment. The nations will put their swords down and will not train for war anymore. This reading on the first Sunday of Advent seems a little bit like pie in the sky. Impossibility. When we listen to the news, when we read about what is actually happening in our world, it is so much easier just to pin our hopes on Christmas gifts and holiday feasts than it is to open ourselves to the possibility of believing in the seemingly impossible. We have been disappointed so many times by failed peace treaties abroad, by divisions in our own culture, and by fractured relationships in our own lives. We know firsthand the destruction that conflict inflicts, even if we have never held a sword in our own hands. Here's the thing. The Word of God as given to us by Isaiah isn't really meant to make us feel better about our current reality. It's meant to point us to the truer reality of God. We are in the presence of a great mystery. God's peace and justice will occur in the nations, we're told, in the days to come. And we don't know when. What we can know is that this vision describes what God, in fact, is already up to in our world and what God intends to do. It is what Jesus meant when he talked about the reign of God, which is already present and working among us, although not yet in its fullness. The now and the not yet. We saw this in Jesus, who converted fear to love, lunacy to sanity, enemies to friends. He died surrounded by swords, a spear pierced his own side, and he had nails in his hands. And yet from his death came life. The worst that the world could do to him could not stop the salvation of God. Seeing what's real before it is fully here, that's what Isaiah invites us into, and it doesn't make it any less real. It invites us, in fact, to live into that reality. In Advent, we anticipate the birth of Jesus into a world that is in need of light, even as we anticipate his return to bring us into the fullness of God's reign and to set all things right. Because regardless of where power seems to be present, the day is coming when God's reign will be established for all humankind to see. And even now, God's love continues to break into the world in unexpected ways. We're told in Isaiah to come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. God's kingdom, through Jesus Christ, is now, and it's not yet. It's already been inaugurated through the birth of Jesus, and the vision of peace and justice are not yet fully realized but it is real. 
We pray for it. Each time we pray for thy kingdom to come, thy will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, and we learn how to live into it in Advent. We remember the real love of God as it broke into the life of young Mary, inviting her into the story of God's redemption through the carrying of Jesus. We remember the love of God breaking into the lives of mere shepherds in the middle of the night, inviting them to go and to see this newborn child, the Messiah, in a stable laid in a manger. In Advent, we are called to wonder at the ways that God invites us into this now and not yet of God's reign and to see with the eyes of faith his love that spreads to us and through us and to all the world beyond virtual reality to the truest reality of God's love. Indeed, during this season of Advent, may God give us the eyes to see, the faith to believe, and the courage to walk in the light of Jesus Christ, the one who was and who is and who is to come. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, as we step into this season of Advent with all the competition for our attention, we ask, O oh God, that you would help us to focus on that which is truer than any truth, the truth of your love, the truth of your reign, the truth as it is embodied in our Savior Jesus Christ. Help us to lean into that vision and follow it in our lives. In Christ's name, amen.